My name is Adrian Apostolatis and welcome to Out the Back Door, where we talk about everything from your back door to the back fence and all the bits in between. Hi guys, today I've got our colour expert in, Jenny Williams, who is from Creative Style Interior Design, and I thought today is a good opportunity to talk about exterior colours on your home, renovating and bits and pieces, so welcome, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Very pleased to be here. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about you. How did you get into interior design, colour, what's your background? Okay. Um, look, I had a mother who couldn't leave anything inside or outside the house alone, right? I think she must have been a frustrated interior designer and colour consultant herself. What, just constantly moving bits constantly and pieces? Constantly moving or? furniture, repainting walls. My mother put up a wall one summer. Um, and it was gone the next? Yeah. It, no, she left it up there until my brother moved out of home, actually. Oh, okay. We added an extra yep. bedroom. And my mother was not a builder, she just would give anything a, a go. So I learned about colour to some extent and how to paint, like how, literally how to use a roller and a paintbrush from my mother. Right. And then um, years later, bought my first home and thought, it, this needs renovating, which it really, really did. It was an old terrace. Yeah. And um, I took to it like a duck to water and thought, I really like this. I wonder if I could have a career out of this. So yeah. then I looked around for a course, an interior design course, and found one through a private school. Did, um, did it for full time, uh, 12 months full time, yeah. and came out the other end, um, set up a shingle, and have been doing this for well over 20 years ever since. Wowee, <laughs> wowee. So have you seen much change in that 20 years, or? Oh. Yes and no. Look, if we're going to be talking colour, I think the biggest change is that we have gone from painting every room in our house a different colour to painting every room in our house basically the same, the colour. same colour and yep. flow being the key word. Um, we've also gone from not being afraid of colour to Embracing thinking that more. we had to do just neutrals on most walls and maybe having a colourful red for example, feature wall in the dining room or something, to now virtually everything is neutral. It's just like shades of neutral. Um, you know, some people will still do a, a feature wall, but often it might be a, a darker neutral, just as an example, rather than the red we might have done in a dining room 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So that colour-wise, like, is probably the biggest progression I've noticed over the 20-something years I've been doing this. You see, old is always new again, and, you know, whether it's... Yeah. 80s denim jackets or hyper colours that seem to, you know, maybe 20 or 30 years they revisit. Yeah. Is, do you see some of those fads or trends coming back? Absolutely. But what happens is, so, like, if you take mid-century modern as an example, mm. um, mid-century modern was sort of teak furniture. Um, it was the sort of marameco fabrics in the really bright hot pinks and, and bright oranges that sort of thing. Wow. Then over the years, it disappeared and then it came back and mid-century modern was really popular again, maybe five to seven years ago. And then that has then morphed into Scandi, 
where they've taken a lot of the sort of mid-century modern designs, those Danish designs, right. um, and changed the colour of the timbers. So we don't really make them in teak anymore. They're either in a dark, like a walnut, or they're in a much lighter, like blonde wood. Yeah. Um, and the colours have gone more neutral in terms of the fabric that's sort of been put on them because we don't really tend to embrace bright colours on sofas either. <laughs> <laughs> we might have a feature chair with something bright and patterned on it, but yep. you know, generally our sofas are, are still in the neutral sort of palette. So it's been that kind of change where something that was in the past is brought into the present, but then it's updated in some way. So it won't be the same colourway, it won't be the same sort of finish. So um, the mid-century modern, just sticking with that as an example, mm. it often had um, a gloss finish yes. on it. Yep. And it, that gloss finish disappeared when it was reintroduced and it dropped back to satin and now it's matte. Right. It's a matte finish. Everyone's doing matte finish. Right. So, yeah. There you go. It's sort of, you know, what, what goes around comes, comes around, around, but yep. it'll be slightly tweaked. Different, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Well, where... I sort of engage you with my business. Um, I often go out to people's homes and we're talking about doing a, a big outdoor living area and extending and, and doing whatnot. And, and some people um, can visualize really well or on the flip side, some people can't, but then also some people do struggle with colors and it might be where they're doing a larger renovation or they're also embracing sort of landscape changes or changing exterior walls or really updating all their gutters on their house and that leads to one thing it leads to another hmm. so i often bring you in as a the professional expert consultant in terms of colors because people they're spending a lot of money and i think that it's it's an important it's an important aspect they want to get it right yeah. so then i bring you in to say look this is what we're doing the, the from my aspect the design's already done so then you come in and, and I get you to advise my clients on the best colours that, that they should select. Yeah. So I guess tell me a little bit about that. What's your process in terms of when you when you arrive or even before you arrive? How do you how do you start that consultation with, with clients? Okay. Uh, look, everyone is going to have colour preferences, right? But that's not where I start from. You have to start with what is staying right yeah. and what is is changing so if you're looking at the outside of a house for example is are you keeping the existing roof um, is it being changed um, in terms of materials colors finishes uh, are you keeping the your gutters is that getting changed at the same time or not um, if it's brick, are you keeping the brick as, as natural the way it, it is or are you going to be rendering the brick? In which case, like the colour of, of the brick's going to change. Yep. Are you going to be painting the brick? You know, you don't have to render it. You, these yep. days you can just paint over it. Um, or if it's a, a weatherboard house or, you know, some kind of cladding, are you going to be changing that? So in other words, what is staying the same which therefore are the things that we have to work with yep. and what can we change. So you want to know your starting point effectively yeah. because if everything's changing, then you've almost got a, a blank canvas to a degree. You do, much more flexibility. Yes. It's, it's awesome, in fact, if everything's changing. 
Um, if it's not, then you, that's where you have to start from. So if you're mm. keeping the natural brick, that natural brick has a colour, that colour has to be worked with. The same with the roof. You know, big expansive roof, if you can see the roof mm. and that's not being changed, then that, that's a big expansive colour that has to be worked with as well and so on and so forth. So that really is way more important than, than your personal preferences mm -hmm. to start the process off. Mm -hmm. I guess the second thing I would look at would be um, the period and architecture of the, the home. Yeah. So if you've got a period home, for example, then certain colourways are going to work better with the, the architecture of that period home than others. So like, that, like a federation style home, your, your you Caulfield greens and creams it, or things like that? Well, as opposed it doesn't to, have to be the traditional federation, yeah. but it does have to be done in a way that looks like it could have been traditional at the time. Yeah. So as I say, we love neutrals. So your federation green and cream may have morphed into something more in the dark charcoal and a cream. Yes, or, yes. Or, um, you know, dark charcoal and some other shade of lighter grey. So like but, you said before, almost a modern twist on the current yes, version. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's keeping the feel of the federation while updating the look to an extent. Yes. Because generally no one does Federation Green or, or Cream really these days unless it's heritage listed yeah, and, you have and the to. council's telling you you have to. Um, and the same with, uh, you know, a modern home. You know, there are going to be certain colours that, that will work better together in a, an architecturally modern looking home than, mm. than others. So so you've, you've had that discussion. Would you do that before you go out or sort of while they're there or is, do you do a bit of homework essentially? Or? No, look, generally speaking, um, we make the appointment because I've been doing this for a really, really long time. Yes. I, I can think on my feet really, really quickly. Yeah. I know my stuff. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it just starts... The ball rolling. It does. Yeah. It, it yeah. just, you know, starts going as uh, almost as soon as I get there. Yeah. Um, because I've been doing this for such a long time. Uh, if people have got drawings, you know, architectural drawings and elevations, they can be really handy to have beforehand just so that you know a what the, the architectural yep. style is. That's exactly right. Yep. How big the house might be. And I think the last job I, I had from you, I actually got onto Google Earth. Oh, yes. And, yep. and had a look at the outside of the front of the house just yep. to get an idea of, of what it looked like and where I was going, in truth. Yes. So yep. I, knew, yeah. I knew when I'd arrived I was at the right place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, that can be useful. But by the same token, if there was nothing on Google Earth and the person didn't have any architectural plans um, uh, for me to look at in the first place and they That's weren't very yeah. technically oriented to be able to email or text me some photographs. Yeah. Um, that's not going to slow me down one bit. Good, good. So understanding what's staying, what's changing and then you move on to sort of getting a, a, an understanding of the, the period and the, or the architecture of the home. Yep. Where and to from there? Okay, personal preferences. Right. Yep. And that, that has to be further down the list because you might absolutely love purple and I'm being really quite facetious here, but yeah. let's say you did. Um, that purple 
that you absolutely love may not work with the, um, your existing roof or bricks or you know whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it, it may not work with the period or architecture of the home. So then we have to look to adjust either the shade of purple or move away from purple altogether. So just gently sort of advise or yeah. caress the client to say yeah. maybe this is a better option or yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, and something else that happens within that sort of like um, working with the clients to sort of head the right direction mm. um, also can be like often, you know, um, he likes blue and she likes red. Yes. You know, just yeah. speaking in broad terms. Yeah. Um, and you know they they're not on the same page in terms of of where they should go with that. Yeah. So a lot of my job can actually be finding some sort of common ground. Right. That both parties are happy with. Yeah. Um, and are prepared to put on their house and have there for a long time because you know exterior paint lasts a long time for these sure. days. For sure. Yeah. So is there, I guess, uh, in terms of the podcast, people could be looking at a simple, you know, outdoor living deck extension or going to something a bit more broader where it's maybe a, a complete re revamp of the home with a, a rompus room and extending the kitchen and things like mm. that. I dare say in a majority of those cases, a lot of those elements would be staying. So what, what do you look for or how do you work from, from that perspective? Um, is there a trick or how, what's your process As there? in marrying the inside with the outside? Well, I guess probably almost going back to your first point, what's staying and what's changing on, on the existing home, I'd probably say I'm, I'm working with a lot that's, that's staying. So I would be, the way I process it is, you know, looking at what's already there and saying, right, if you've got pink gutters, well then we're not going to have one house of pink gutters and then on the extension, blue gutters effectively, Yeah. Um, trying to tie those little elements through. So I often use the phrase, it's you're trying to create something that so it doesn't look like you've just slapped it on. No, you're trying to marry it together yeah. so it actually coordinates. Exactly. So No, no, that's absolutely true. So having looked at, at what is staying and what is going, if you, whatever is staying has to be worked with. Yeah. You has to, have to be able to marry the old yes. and the new together yeah. so that it tells a cohesive story um, and you're not going to look at it and go, oh my goodness, who in their right mind put those two colours together, for example. Yeah. Um, some of that, though, can come down to um, proportions. Right. You know, because you can almost put any two colours together as long as you get the proportions of each one right. Right. So there needs to be a main colour. Right. If you think around sort of a, as a proportion, say 65% of any colour scheme needs to be around that main colour. Yeah. Um, and then you'd be looking at a, roughly another 25% of some kind of feature colour. Yeah. Potentially. And then your remaining sort of 10% is a, a, a tertiary colour, which could be an additional feature colour if that was going to work. Um, or it could be some sort of tertiary neutral that, that just sort of tied it all um, together. And that principle of 65, 25, 10, that can work both for inside and outside? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally right. Okay. Yep. What else do you look for? So you've gone through the, what's staying and changing. You've, you've gone through the, the period and architecture of the home. And, and I'd imagine 
sometimes personal preferences there can be if, if you had many battles with clients or generally do, do yeah. people flow quite um, easily or? no no i mean look i can't say that even 50 percent would be battles between clients but it's probably about 30 percent of people i see as i said he likes blue yeah. she likes red and we, we've got to find some kind of middle ground, ground where they're they're happy with a, you know a color scheme that's going to work for both of them um I think that just comes down to having done this for such a long time. So say for, and I've used primary colours. I mean, it's not often we would paint a house blue and red sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But, you know, if you're talking sort of um, looking for a, a dark neutral, for example, and he likes red and, and she likes blue to use yes. a reverse sort of thing you can get a blue gray and you can get a red gray a red gray is a brown gray it's a warm right. gray so then you're trying to find something that sort of meets in the middle which means it may just be a straight out charcoal okay okay right which is really just black and white yes. but varying the amount of white uh, to the amount of black in it yeah whereas your your blue gray is going to have some blue in it which is what skews the black and white to to blue yes and the um, warm gray the red gray is going to have some red in it yes because red and black makes brown that's what like warms it up sort of thing okay um look put it this way i haven't failed yet Good. in finding <laughs> some common ground with people yep it, it is it look it, it is a process um and you just have to adapt based on how the person responds at the time. You're getting that natural feeling yeah, yeah. and you're, you're bouncing off. One of the feedback from the, yep. the client, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So it, it, it is that third stage of actually, well, what colours do you like? Okay, you two don't agree, but let's see where we can find that middle ground. Yep. And that really is done by asking a lot of questions. And I have a huge number of fan decks and colour cards in my colour bag. Holding and certain just, things yeah, up and, yeah, and working together. And what do you think the... about this? This goes really well with the yep. brick, so this would work. This one, not so well. And look, often people who might say, I really want a blue-grey and I really want a brown-grey, yep. the other one... It will be obvious from the brick, for example, that the blue-grey works way better than the brown-grey. And right. the person who really does prefer the brown-grey will concede that the blue-grey works better because they can actually see it. I can hold yeah. up the colour cards and they, they can see that, you know, as much as they love the brown-grey, the warm-grey, the blue-grey works way better or, you know, vice versa. So how much does products come into your consultation in terms of like you just mentioned bricks there yeah so whether people are say thinking about maybe tiling their their back outdoor living area versus putting natural timbers down or you know if they're in a certain bushfire zone they're limited of what they can and can't use um, so it's bringing everything the things that are going to stay and the things that are new, new yeah. all together and then finding colors that, that actually work. work with that, yeah. yeah. And look, you mentioned tiles, for example. Now, mm. I, I carry a bag full of colour collateral, as we like to call it, you know, yep. colour cards, fan decks, but I can't carry a bag Every or tile. a box full of yeah. tiles. There are just way too many yeah. of them. So what I do is that I can use the colour cards once we've got the more broader colour scheme sorted out, like roof, gutters, bricks, cladding, yeah. like down to the, and then we're like down to the, the flooring. Mm. I can say, okay, 
you need to look for a tile that's got this as a base color and I'll show them a color card mm -hmm. of what that base should be around. And mm -hmm. then you could add some white or some gray on top of that. You know, be careful that it's a cool gray to go with the cool gray we've chosen, the einstone you're doing on your gutters now, for example. Yeah. Um, so I use the color cards yeah. to actually give them an indicative of where they should go with tiles, like yes. the colors of their tiles. Yeah. Um, also, my iPad is my best friend, so yes. I can get onto a tile shop's website and actually you know, like have a look at some of what's on there because tiles are not just colour, they're pattern and texture. Yes. Yeah. So you have to account for that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, a tile with a, a bit of pattern through it creates what I call movement. Yes. And movement um, and pattern hides a multitude of sins. So if you want to show off dirt of any kind, yeah. just get a block colour tile. Yes. Right. right. A dark colour is going to show the light dirt and a light colour is going to show the dark dirt. Yes. But if you can find a tile with a little bit of pattern or movement through it. Hides that, all that. Yeah. There you does. go. I'm, I'm intrigued by what you're saying too about the proportions with your sort of your main, your feature and your tertiary. So then I'd imagine, say with your main, so if looking at people's outdoors, you your base colours or your main is going to be maybe your floor and your walls? Would that be right in the ceilings? Yeah, or? What are they usually, um, well, generally the walls, like yeah. in most places, like um, if you think of a, um, the back of a house, just for example, the, um, the back wall can be like the most dominant thing. Yes. Because you put furniture on the floor, yep. you can tend to see the flooring less than you can see the, the walls. Yes. And in our fresco where it's got two or three walls, yes. then like that wall colour becomes even more dominant yep. um, than it was with just a single or two walls even sort of thing. So yep. uh, usually it's the wall colour that's yep. going to be the, the primary colour. Yeah. The flooring, therefore, might be the secondary colour. Right. So that would be more of the, your 25% yeah. with, your, with your floor. Yeah. Yep. And it comes down to 25% because of the furniture you put on top yeah, of it. Yeah, good point. It yep. could be a greater percentage if you're not putting much furniture out there. Yes. You're keeping it pretty well clear yep. and you've only got one wall, then it's almost 50-50. Mm, mm, mm. So rules are meant to be broken, as I'm sure you no, know. No, no. So yeah. the you know 65, 25, 10s just it's a rule a, of thumb. Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, no, that's the advantage of using an interior designer because I know when to break the rules. Yes. And when to stick with them. Yeah, I like that. And then your last ten percent is going to be your fascias and gutters, or your you know those yeah, feature or your points. furniture if you are putting okay. furniture on. I like that. That helps a lot. I think I'll. I'll look at things differently now, just understanding those proportions. And I yeah. think people can take that away and uh, and really run with it. So, um, and we've gone off track a little bit, but I think using, you've gone through, you've had that discussion. And then what, do you give your advice on the spot or do you go yeah. away or? No, no, look, pe people need to see why you're there because otherwise you go away and they forget what the conversation's been, yeah. which is why I've got the bag full of, of colour sample cards. Yeah. And when I say colour sample cards, like they're A4, they're a really decent sized colour sample card. Yes. Um, and you know, I, I can adjust them depending on whether it's the 65, the 25 or the 10, yes. just by sort of covering it up with something else yeah. so that proportionally 
you, you've got that 65, 25 or 10. I think I've got to get some of those because all my colour chips are like the size of a matchbox and then yeah, you're trying to hold them on up. On a fan and, deck. Yeah. But look, that will still work if you adjust the scale of or the proportion of what you've got going with it. Going back to that 65. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, and hmm. do you, I mean, obviously you, you interior design as well, so... You, you mentioned tiles, and I, I'd, I'd imagine this would go into kitchens and things like that too. But do you also help people further along if it, they say, "Look, you know, you've given us three or four different options on the tiles, but can you come to the tile shop with us?" Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, um, again, and I hate to keep banging on, you know, banging on about this, but I've been doing this a long time. You know, we can meet someone in a tile shop. And generally, if we're just looking for a floor tile, 30 minutes to an hour, and we've, we've got it all nailed, like it's all pulled together. I'd imagine people can get overwhelmed when they walk in and yeah. go, oh, oh my, where, where do I am start? I gonna start? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And also too, because as I say, like for um, outdoor, generally there's a special outdoor tile. Yes. You might love something for indoor, but it's not it's suitable not for work. outdoor. Yeah. Um, which means then you're trying to find something that actually works with the indoor tile you love. You've got to find an outdoor tile that's actually going to talk to that indoor tile and have a you know an ongoing long-term conversation with yeah. one another whilst not actually being the same tile yes. just as an outdoor tile rather than the indoor version. While we talk about that, and I often have this conversation with clients, and you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong, where often I'm looking at an outdoor area off the back sliding doors. Mm. And some people are trying to really match the insides, but my thoughts were, if, if you don't match it, sometimes it stands out more. more. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's better to distinguish the outside and you've got the, the boundary of the, the sliding doors or that, that rear wall mm. and almost separate the areas because you're never gonna get it spot on. Am I heading down the right track? Or? Okay, look, if you've got a situation where basically other than a drain mm. and a, a narrow track that's sort of set down into the slab, for example, yeah. between the indoor tile and the outdoor tile, yeah. I would really quite strongly recommend trying to get the same tile and just like one is the indoor and one is the outdoor version. Mm. Mm. If you've got more of a divide, in other words, your track is not sitting down into the concrete. It's like raised above, and, yes. yeah, you know, yeah. 25 mil yeah. above the, the concrete. Then you do have more of a physical divide, a more obvious divide. Yeah. And that track itself will have a color as well. Mm. Even if it's anodized, it's, yeah. it's still silver as a color. Yes, yeah. Okay, so you've got more of an opportunity of not having to worry about trying to match the two tiles, for example, and in mm. fact, um, um, less 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 concern about trying to match the the two tiles because you might decide you actually want to do timber on the outside, and you've got tile internally, mm. or you've got um, the reverse mm. timber inside, but you really want to do um, tile externally, mm. and so the break, right, that more gives obvious that break, yeah. gives you more more flexibility in a way. Mm. Whereas if the break's less obvious, I, off, I really feel that flow, yes. right, yeah, connection. Yeah, I use that word a lot, yep. Yeah, and people generally who have actually sunk the track down into the slab yeah. really do want that 
seamless flow yes. from inside to out and back again, yeah. then the only way to achieve that really is to actually have the same tile, just yeah. one is the interior version and one is the exterior version. Good. So I'm heading on the right path, essentially. Yeah. Good to know. Mm. Good to know. What else was there in, in terms of your process, do you think, was important in... Look, most people will have made a decision by the time I've left, right? We'll have sort of narrowed it down to a single colour scheme. Mm. But some people will want to um, think about it, in which case, you know, I might leave them with two. Yeah. Any more than two can be too much. It just is, is con too confusing. Yes. Um, so if I've left them with, with two sort of colour schemes, then they need to sort of um, understand a little bit more about what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. So there are mistakes that people commonly make, like not matching colour bases, not coordinating colour bases, right. for example. And it really sticks out like a sore thumb at the lighter end of the um, colour scheme. So. If you take a um, light beige, for example, light coloured mm -hmm. beige or mm -hmm. light coloured neutral, um, beige is brilliant because it can have a yellow base, it can have a red base, right? And the red base um, may e extend into browns because as I said, like um, browns, red and black sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then to lighten it up, you would have mixed it with white. but. If you take a, a yellow base light neutral and put it next to a red base light neutral, generally it looks pretty awful. Right. Like, um, now, the way to actually get over that is that you put your two colours together and you should be pretty easily able to see what the colour base is. I mean, a beige can also have a, a green base, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just using that, that as an example, like red and, and yellow in terms of the bases. But colour almost is only colour by virtue of contrast. Right. So if you put the two colours together, yeah. you should be able to identify what the bases are and whether you think they actually work together or not. So where would people be selecting their base? Would that be coming down to, say, that going back to that proportions of that 65%? Um, where they're going to paint the rear wall, is that? Most people will have a um, like a colour preference. So, um, and I've just found this over many, many years. There will be people who, when looking at light neutrals, will like a, a light neutral that has a red base. Mm. So it's not pink. I'm not saying it's pink. It is still a light neutral, like a pale um, beige, yeah. for example or pale greyish, you know, it's got a bit of black in it, which is what makes it a, a greyish, but they'll prefer the red base. There will be others who like the yellow, right? right? You can see the yellow in it. Um, there will be other people who really just want to stick to um, a, a shade of grey, but as I've already said, you can get warm greys and cool greys. Mm -hmm. uh, mixing up your bases um, is usually problematical, usually doesn't work. Right. And so that's why I'm saying being able to just hold the colour cards or the colour squatches you've got from your local hardware yeah. side by side, it's usually pretty easy, easy to identify what the colour base is. Right. Okay, you may not be able to see it if you just look at the individual colour card. Yeah. But the minute you put it together and there's a comparison, yes. 
you'll you will see it oh, i should have bought a couple of colored cards so i could actually show you what i was talking but believe me it stands yes. out like a sore thumb Rightio. and so just mixing those color bases is usually pretty disastrous right okay where it gets interesting though and less problematic is the more you darken those colors up right the less um, problematic it is the less bad it looks okay to be colloquial so lighter colors it's that's that's where you've got to really concentrate on yeah. getting the bases right. Yeah, and it, by the time you get to sort of the deeper end of the scale, so look, 20 years ago, for example, we were mixing a lot of sort of um, caramels and burgundies right. with one another, in, uh, you know, especially in fabrics, yeah. sometimes on houses, a sort of tanny caramel colour, mm -hmm. and then you might have burgundy gutters. Yes, yes. Okay? Yeah. Um, that will work. I mean, it will feel quite a period <laughs> look. Yes. But it actually will work because at the deeper end of the spectrum. Yes. But if you pull the colour out of that and lighten it up, it looks really awful at that lighter end of the scale. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So that was sort of one of the mistakes you sort of say that people can make in relation yep. to maybe selecting the wrong colours, getting the wrong colour base, what's something else that people should maybe steer away from or...? Well, it's the proportion thing. Yep. Right? Look, you could get a green and a purple and put them side by side in equal quantities. Yes. And it might look disgusting. Yeah. You take that same green and purple and actually have your 20% of green and... 65% of the purple yep. with a black, for example, is your 10%. Yeah. And it will look really sort of quite modern and funky, or you could reverse it and have 20% of purple and 65% of green and with, you know, still with your 10% of black or white or, you know, shade of, of neutral grey, mm -hmm. and it will work really well. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting too many people are going to put purple and green together. No, but it's but a good example, it yeah. Is, yeah. It's literally about the proportions you are using yes. to make it work. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. that's that's clear for me. So proportions, which we've, we've focused a lot on, colour base, any other... Key well, elements? ignoring your architecture and ignoring yeah. what's there. So yeah. if you've got, um, I don't know, burgundy coloured gutters and you're having to add new gutters to your extension, yes, then you either need to paint them all a unifying colour yeah. or you need to paint the new section in the same colour as the old. Yes. Okay, you, yeah. you just cannot ignore. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. can't ignore what's there. Um, and well, and that I've just look, I've made a couple of notes here. Um, it could be the color schemes completely unsuitable for the period of the home. Uh, you may have fixtures you're not intending to change. Look, we've, we've really talked about most of, of this. Um, you could have hand la hard landscaping that you're not going to change. Mm. So you're, you're actually, and this has happened, like the people were going to render the bricks, they were going to get new gutters, they were going to paint the roof, mm -hmm. but they were keeping the yellow base crazy paving yes. in their hard landscaping. Yes. And crazy paving, generally if it's sandstone paving, has got a yellow base. Yes. So the colour scheme, where it is close enough to the house to actually affect the house colour scheme 
had to work had with to the yellow base yes. of this this um, sandstone crazy paving. Yes, no, yep. that makes sense. Mm. Tell, talk to me. One thing I've noticed. I mean, we've we've sort of mentioned back about that federation, or I've really noticed a change in terms of trends. Where I remember every stock colour we had was primrose, white. <laughs> And, you know, Mission Brown was was every gutter. Yeah. And now I'm seeing a lot of monumental dark, dark and white working a lot together. And people really like that that monument colour. It's is, a lovely charcoal, actually. Yeah. It is a real... And um, most of the paint companies have a charcoal that goes really well with the Colourbond monument colour. So you can sort of... You can get your... Um, other elements if they need to be in that that charcoal in mm. in a color that's going to coordinate with your monument as well look your grays have been hugely popular so if we're looking at color bond colors you've got monument you've got basalt um there's woodland gray yep. there's ironstone which was the blue gray i referred to earlier there's shale gray um wind spray um, so all those greys and wind spray and shale grey are the mid-tone greys, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas the first few I mentioned are all the darker end mm -hmm. of greys. Woodland grey's got a green base, ironstone's got a blue base, basalt's a slightly warm grey and mm. monument is just a fabulous dark charcoal. Mm. Um, it's very interesting because a lot of the paint companies are trying to push us away from greys. Into, really? Yeah, back into browns and more of the warm tones. And over the years, I have seen us embrace browns, but only for really brief periods. I still see people are coming to me ripping out all their brown. I know. Yeah. And they've finally gone, oh, we've got to update our home, so we're going to use the monument or yeah. one of the other greys. But that that's the, the colour... Um, Paint colour companies definitely are trying to sort of push us more towards the browns and those warmer tones, the um, terracottas. Um, yeah, no, it's, re it's really interesting. So, you know, you've got Colourbond Wallaby that's sort of a grey-brown. Yep. Yep. Um, Jasper is, is a uh, brownie colour yes. but a nice dark colour. We do. Look, from time to time, the paint companies say this kind of stuff and, and uh, you know, people will start saying, oh, you know, what about brown? And we'll have a look at, at chocolate browns or grey browns or green browns, you know, like a tobacco leaf green brown. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the trouble is we get over it really quickly. quickly. And so all of a sudden you've got paint that's going to last 15 years or powder coat that's going to last 10 to 20 years, yes. depending on the level yeah. of powder coat, and you have painted your your gutters or specified um, jasper or wallaby, just to name the two sort of brown um, colorbond colors. But and it's going to change in trend really quickly. Really quickly, yeah. yeah. We, it just doesn't last. And yeah. Mission Brown, I've got to say, has been out for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, and you know, never say never, but it's. I can't see that lasting <laughs> or coming back, and or you know, let alone lasting any period of time. The thing with grey is, it's such a versatile colour because yeah. it has so many different colour bases. Yes. I mean, you can get a purple grey, you know, if that's your your thing. thing. Yeah. Um, it has so many colour bases. There's. There's almost nothing that doesn't go with it, the right shade of grey. 
Whereas brown, even a grey brown, is still a warm colour. Yeah. Because it's brown is red and black. Yes. Yeah. And, and so you're almost into that sort of warm colour spectrum for the rest of the colours, mm. whether you like it or not. Whereas the greys, you know, if you, you just a, a straight out sort of charcoal, for example, um, you, you can put a warm grey or a cool grey at a lot lighter spectrum with it yeah. and it will work Still with a... tie-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you want to use a, a light neutral that's got a, a red base, for example, then you could use either Monument, just like looking at colour bond colours, or Basalt. Mm. Both work really well with the, the warm... Um, the red colour base of yes. your light neutral. Um, you know, if you were using a, a yellow base neutral, then you might look at either the sort of blue base ironstone or the green base woodland grey. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's just a very versatile colour grey. Yeah. And so to expect people to really move away from that versatility I think is is asking a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, my head is spinning, Jenny, if I'm <laughs> honest. This has been great. I'm going to look, and I think this will help me in terms of when I'm consulting with my clients because, I mean, for me, you know, that proportion thing, I'll, I'll really take that away. And understanding my colour bases, I'm going to look at that a little bit closer yeah. for next time. Oh, I've got the colour um, bag in the car. <laughs> we can have a look when I've finished, if you like. So, look, your website is great. You've got a lot of blogs on there. Mm. I think you've got an e-book on there as well, yeah, too. Yeah, I do. Um, I've got three, actually, but yeah. So, how, what's the best way? If people want to know more, how can they get in contact with you? What's the best way? Um, look, uh, mobile, happy to give you the number. So, yep. it's 0416 190 792. And you can I'll put phone all this. or text. Yep. Uh, email jenny at creativestyle.com.au. Probably um, the sort of three best ways of getting in contact with me. Drop you a line and have yeah. a chat and yeah. you can organise to, to come out and visit. And I can. Yeah. And if people don't remember either my phone number or my email address, they can always phone you up and say, that woman said some <laughs> sensible things. <laughs> no, can I'll I have put, her contact number, please? I'll put all your details in the show notes so people okay. won't miss you. But thank you so much for today. That has been exceptional. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to you too. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. I trust you took away some gold that can help you create that perfect backyard for your home. As always, if we've mentioned something that you'd like to know a little bit more about or you have a particular question, no matter how small, please don't hesitate to drop me a line. My contact details are in the show notes. We would love for you to hit the subscribe or the follow button depending on what platform you were listening to this on for the series. And so we'll look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Out the Back Door. And as I always seem to be saying to my kids, don't forget to shut the door and I'll see you next time. Ciao.